spring forward at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Shop season favorites from colorful dresses to easy tops from $19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Enjoy 50 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Shop tees from $6.99 and joggers from $24.99, plus extra 15% off online. Exclusions apply. Shop the sale through April 6th. Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change or withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender, First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC. Welcome into DC on screen number 264. It is your weekly DC EU news episode. I am your host, David C. Robertson. This, the man who stole a microphone from a turkey, Jason Goss. I was desperate. <laughs> have you have you heard about that? Have you heard about the, that story that's been going on today? Um, apparently, it's awful. Kind of. I don't know. It was like this teacher. They were they was doing some kind of little Thanksgiving pageant thing. This little play. And this teacher, like, ran up and grabbed a microphone away from this autistic kid in a turkey outfit. And he started crying, and everyone on the internet is hating her. But then other people are saying, well, he was disrupting the show the entire time. and was trying to steal the microphone from other people. And then, like, the show was over. He was just going to run up and say, gobble, gobble. And she was like, she didn't know what he was going to say. So she was just like, okay, I'm done with that. Let's grab that mic. I don't know. I grew up in an age when, you know, adults grab microphones away from kids like me all the time. So, <laughs> yeah, I, with, with like plays and stuff, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I feel bad for the kid, but then kind of don't. I don't know how to feel. I'm conflicted. That, seem, <laughs> I, that seems like a pretty conflicted situation in general. I mean, kids just trying to have, trying to have a good time. I understand why the parents are pissed. Yeah. But then, like, the teacher was just trying to kind of shut that down. This is going to be one of those situations where the internet's going to rabble for a while. Oh, yeah. People are calling for her for her job and stuff. Oh, I you better I believe just it. Don't, I just don't think it's that deep. But, eh, what do I know? I don't even know these people. <laughs> I saw, like, a 15-second clip that the internet showed me and told me to make up my mind about a thing. Yeah. I didn't see the whole play or how yeah. the kid was acting or how the teacher is. So, yeah. there you go. Anyway. Uh, it, I just thought it was a... Um, I don't know. I didn't know why the turkey reference was there, but I thought it was a, a reference to uh, <laughs> all of my electronics dying on me. Oh, no, oh, that, that I, actually is. I thought he had just like really Thanksgiving themed uh, a reference to um, to me having like been so desperate by my my recent problems that I uh, stole a microphone mm-hmm. from a fucking turkey. That's. <laughs> I really like that take. <laughs> um, I was looking for something a little current, you know, be relatable. Mm-hmm. People know about the turkey thing. I, I, I don't know. I, I didn't know about feel... the turkey. I've, I've seen the headline and that's it. Anyway. <laughs> I like your take on it. Um... <laughs> Mine's much more magical than, than and plus serious like the... issues about how to deal with mental health in schools. Yeah, Mine's a know, lot honestly, more fun. Honestly, I really just like the imagery, the imagery of you stealing a microphone from a turkey. You know damn well I would, like, get in costume and sneak up on the turkey and, you know. Why would you be in costume? Well, you gotta be in stealth mode. Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. So I'd have to invent a costume and then invent, invent, like, a stealth version of that costume. 
Yeah. Or somewhere somewhere <laughs> a Mattel executive will die a little inside. Right. I don't know why it would be a Mattel executive. <laughs> For the toys, man. <laughs> For the stealing turkey toys. Stealing turkey toys. If we ever make a band together. I can dig that. Turkey toys, I think. Our first single will be yeah. out in about 2026. Right. It'll be called Gobble Goss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So we got we a lot should of do to news. Do, so we're going to go ahead and just, just jump into we that. We should do things. Um, so jumping into uh, Batman v Superman right off, Gal Gadot released a behind-the-scenes Batman v Superman picture of Wonder Woman fighting a guy in a mocap outfit. Uh, it's probably Doomsday. I'm assuming it's Doomsday. Um, what a big head... What a big... What a, oh, gosh, that's weird. One big headline... <laughs> One big headline that's been going around, and it's nothing but clickbait. I mean, it's true, but it's clickbait. Uh, Michael <laughs> Shannon, uh, they they were asking him what he felt about Batman v Superman. He says, people ask me about this all the time. Okay, I'll tell you the God's honest truth. Zach is going to kill me for this. He's got to kill me. I watched it once, and I fell asleep. <laughs> I was... <laughs> <laughs> he says, I was on an international flight, and I was tired. I shouldn't have been watching it on a plane. But I never go to the movies anymore. I don't have time to see anything. I used to go to the movies all the time when I was 20 years old and wasn't working 10 days a week. <laughs> <sighs> when that man gives you the God's so, honest truth. Right. And everyone's, you know, trying to make it like, oh, man, what is that? your star goes to sleep while watching. He wait, was wait. Star. His, his role... In this film was corpse. Sorry, <laughs> he probably wasn't like super excited about staying up long enough to watch his hairy chest roll into a lake of whatever the hell that goo was. <laughs> he wasn't even he like, he didn't even step foot on on set. He actually talked about that in a different interview. They did um, just make a, a okay good. Like I'm yeah, I'm like, happy for him actually, that he didn't have to show up just to flash Eisenberg. The guy that played his his body died last year. We talked about that. We on the show. did. That's right. And um, he says, "I never set foot on the set of Batman versus Superman. In the movie, there's a large rubber version of my naked body that Lex Luthor is playing with. I was not. The only thing I did for that is I did some ADR for some lines that Zach thought he might use in the movie of my disembodied spirit talking to Lex Luthor. <laughs> I'm kind of so, kind of super yeah. glad that got cut. Yeah, me too." He also uh, he also went ahead and reiterated that the whole flipper hands thing where he was just screwing with the press. Yeah, yeah, I know. But um, actually, the uh, disembodied ghost thing that was going to be like somewhat like Jor-El's uh, consciousness in Man of Steel, like his little hologram. Oh, now that that's I could deal with that. That has an actual yeah. root. Yeah, that's good. Mm. <laughs> well, so anyway, it'll work. <laughs> Batman v Superman and Suicide Squad have been nominated for People's Choice Awards. Uh, the favorite movie actor nominees are going to be Ryan Reynolds, Robert Downey Jr., and Will Smith. Uh, Smith is also up for a favorite action movie act. Uh, sorry, favorite action movie actor award. Uh, Affleck was nominated for a favorite dramatic movie actor. Uh, Margot Robbie, favorite action movie actress, against Jennifer Lawrence, Scarlett Johansson, Shailene Woodley, and Zoe Saldana. That's a tough um, race. And while Batman v Superman apparently is not involved in the favorite movie category, Suicide Squad is. Okay. 
That makes sense, though. Um, actually, I think BVS and Suicide Squad are nominated for the favorite action movie set category with all the other Marvel movies except for Doctor Strange. So no, that is yeah. that that part's strange. Maybe it just got a little late. I don't know. I don't know what the it, time yeah, it's is just on too that. late. It was too late okay. to be nominated. Uh, and you know, you gotta bet there's like a uh, there's a recency effect where Doctor Strange came out just after the deadline, maybe. It, mm. So now, when the next year comes around, it, it, they'll have will will have forgotten. We'll be like, no, Wonder Woman's amazing. Mm-hmm. And forget Doctor Strange was kind of freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Poor thing. <laughs> so a Reddit user has captured a uh, a still from Suicide Squad. It was of the Gotham skyline, and they found a little Easter egg that no one's mentioned yet. Awesome. Um, I'll give credit. I don't want to say the name, but Roy the Jew Boy found a, a capture of Falcone on like a, a building in, in the Gotham skyline nice. named Falcone on a building. So I'm assuming that's uh, for the Falcone crime family, which is nice. That is nice good. little bit. That is, it would be, um, it would be like that movie though, to give a shout out to one of the criminals in Gotham. Absolutely. Uh, if you bought the suicide, if you bought the suicide squad on voodoo, the iOS uh, app has a bunch of special features. There are like 20 character portraits by uh, Clay Enos, which are amazing looking. Mm-hmm. They're really cool, um, obviously, because it's Clay Enos. Mm-hmm. They also did a cool thing where we got to see a bunch of alternate costumes and uh, close-ups on the Joker Joker and Harley tats. Like the Joker tats, they, they showed the, like, the uh, fuming jester skull hat thing. And <laughs> it's like a skull with a jester hat. Yeah. Um, the damaged on his forehead, the J teardrop on the left cheek, yeah, the lone star on his right temple, um, the smile tattoo on the back of his hand, the uh, ha 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 tats uh, all over the left side of his chest, right. Uh, the there's a uh, <laughs> there's a tat featuring uh, four of a kind with the ace of spades on top and an all in caption, and the suit symbol has a skull inside of it. Um, the ink on his right bicep is a knife puncturing Batman's bat symbol. There are ha 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 tattoos on his left forearm and there's an arrow through the heart of a Robin mm. on his other arm. Yeah. Uh, Harley's are less Easter eggish. Uh, there's a lucky you on her pelvis with a rainbow dolphin. There is <laughs> daddy's little monster on her chest property of Joker on her left shoulder blade. Um, eyes that say I'm watching you on her lumbar. Mm-hmm. There's a J on her arm. Rotten on her right cheek and a heart. Uh, black and red diamond pattern on her right arm. On her right leg, let me tell you a secret with secret spelled S-E-K-R-E-T. There's a heart. There are diamonds. Uh, one says, I heart Puddin. Harley and Puddin. And then left leg, Jester Skull. A tally marks. A heart with P plus H. And an arrow through it. And one that says, I'll wait forever. And they're, those on her legs are all the wrong way because they're facing her. And that's how she... She she did it herself. <laughs> I assume I'll wait forever is the one she got to. Get, it's like her mantra when he goes to prison for stretches. Mm-hmm. So uh, Mark Hamill was doing an interview about his new show, which we'll talk about in the DC TV uh, segment or episode. Um, but he was asked about Jared Leto's Joker. He said that he loved Le- uh, Leto's performance. Um, he says there was, isn't an interpretation that he's seen yet that made him go, that was terrible. 
That he says the key fair. to enjoying different. Yeah, he says the key to enjoying different iterations of the character was to look for what that version needed to be in the moment. He says Nicholson's Joker was a lot different than Ledger's because it had to be. He says everyone brings a different spin to the character, and you have to look at each script separately. I don't think there's a definitive version of the Joker, and I don't think there can be. It's like Hamlet, really. It'll be constantly redefined. Yeah, well put. So this is fun. Uh, <laughs> I believe it was the first appearance of Captain Boomerang. Um, has a panel in the in the climax of the story. Captain Boomerang has Flash strapped to a giant rocket boomerang. Oh wow! And he's got to he's got to send him into outer space. <laughs> Why does he have access the, to something that can do that? The panel uh, they actually explained it in the comic, but okay, and it was still dumb, but it was explained. Okay, but. Uh, the panel says, on a rooftop, one hour later, Captain Boomerang's full and diabolic plan becomes all too terribly clear. And Boomerang says, yes, there never was any other Captain Boomerang but me. I can tell you that, Flash, because you're going on your last ride. On a rocket boomerang I built specially for you. It will hurdle you at fantastic speed up into space. Now, that's cheesy gold, man. That's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. But a Reddit user... <laughs> Way to go, Reddit. Gregor F. Gregor F92... Caught, Not to be outdone, uh, Reddit steps in. Right. Caught a reference in Amanda Waller's case file on Captain Boomerang. It confirms that the Rocket Boomerang exists. Holy shit. <laughs> and that he already used it on the Flash. <laughs> There's a line and he underlined it and you can barely see it near the bottom of the screen. But it says, and tied the unconscious Flash to his Rocket Boomerang. Jesus. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> do you want so, do you want to guess how bad Jai Courtney wants to do that scene? I'm gonna go with really bad. <laughs> I'm down. Let's do this. Yeah. Let's go full on Silver Age. Let's go from 1980s grim and gritty Frank Miller DC mm -hmm. to Silver Age. I'm down. I've been down. <laughs> I don't even care anymore. Like, I've been wanting Marvel to go, like, full-fledged 1960s Fantastic Four shit. Let's do this. Right. Let's do this, too. Like, I want a giant boomerang being shot into outer space with the Flash attached. I know. I mean, you did just get that nice little 66 movie that was pretty <laughs> fantastically cheesy. Yeah. Anyway. I don't know how I'd actually feel about it if I saw it. It would depend on on the uh, the execution, but damn, do I want some, some Adam Strange. <laughs> Anyway. You can have him in a lot of universes. I know. And it'd be amazing. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, so Gal Gadot was talking about wearing the Wonder Woman costume for the first time. She says, the very, very first time I tried the costume on was three days after I got cast. And they flew me to Michigan. <laughs> I don't know why it's Michigan. I don't Michigan, know why it's but Michigan. Okay. But... Yeah. And I got into this huge hangar. Huge, with tons of white walls covered with posters of me as Wonder Woman. I got into the room and I couldn't stop looking at the posters. And then, when they wanted me to try on the costume, because I was so excited that they cast me for the role, I couldn't say anything. I couldn't breathe, but I was like, that's okay, that's fine. <laughs> uh, and they talked about a little bit of the costume problems, and she says, we adjusted it, and I love the costume. I think it compliments Wonder Woman very much so as being the greatest warrior out there. And now, it's much more comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> and now so, I can actually wear it long <laughs> enough to film a movie. You have to imagine that's a surreal experience oh, to walk into a hangar, up, right? And there are posters of you wearing the costume and everything. It's that's weird. <laughs> that that would mess with me. But I would I I can't imagine. Um, I mean, if 
if you handed me like a Superman costume that you had made for me and you'd clearly put some thought into it, mm-hmm. I I don't know what I would really do. I mean, well, I, okay. Faint. I once I once dated a girl and I went over to her house and her dad took me into her room and she had a shrine to me on the walls and there were pictures of me and prose that I'd written online and all sorts of crap like poetry and candles and shit. I imagined it to be like that, but times 200 because there's an entire crew putting this shit together. Ah, but see, I, I, you know, realistically, when you signed on to do this role, you've authorized this kind of um, obsession. So I, (laughs) I would be more like flattered by their work ethic when I came into the room Mm -hmm. and you know, you know, damn well, you, what you'd be doing, you'd be sitting there looking at the Photoshop, seeing if you could figure out whether, whether it was a good shopping. (laughs) I'd be like, this is how in shape they expect me to get. <laughs> oh, my Lord. <laughs> oh, I've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> That's a pipe This dream. is why my agent hasn't let me eat in three days. I see. Yeah, it would just be, it'd be surreal to be handed a, 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 the uniform of someone that you've respected as a fictional character. And, you know, let's face it. We all internalize mm-hmm. these fictional characters so much that we, we think of them as real. So someone that you've respected and, and they hand you the outfit and say, put it on. I, I, would, I would be just way beside myself. Yeah, it'd be weird and super exciting. I mean, my heart would be fucking pounding when I when I was trying to put it on. Mm-hmm. And having some of the same thoughts you I did, like it. God, I hope they really didn't underestimate how overweight I am. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't want like, to be oh, the first personal fat trainer. Like, Do you know that how fat I am? They're like, Oh yes, sweetie, and this is your personal trainer. He's like, I'll fix you right up. Oh no! For some reason, in my head, your your like personal trainer was Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> by the time he's done saying i'll fix you right up he's like wait what happened what just happened my mouth is full of powdered donuts <laughs> Nothing. that might be the last time <laughs> so the rap is reporting that and this isn't official but the rap is reporting that a member of the green lantern Corps will be seen in justice league in a key sequence awesome now who the hell is he that's either know. the character or the cast i don't give me something they're not saying buddy uh, Willem Dafoe was talking to Stuart Heritage at the Guardian, which, by the way, that is a superhero name in of itself. Stuart Heritage? <laughs> oh, my Lord. And by the way, I saw a picture of the cat. Like, he could carry it, man. It sounds like a sturdy Stuart name. Yeah. Like, you're about to lead some troops into a war against Starro or some shit. Right. Like, this, like just willing to pay the price, but un- just not knowing how much power you're going to need to take down Starro. Right. But by God, you'll help you the Justice League. you follow that society. man anywhere. You'll help the Justice League, whoever it is. <laughs> and they'll all go they'll all go willingly into that dark night. Right. Because Stuart Heritage, by God, <laughs> is leading that brigade. Anyway, so <laughs> Stuart Heritage is talking to Willem Dafoe. And Heritage says, As much as you enjoy working on personal films by strong director directors, you're also making Justice League, which is presumably the opposite of that. And Willem says, Well, Justice League is very particular because it's an ensemble movie, and my character is being introduced here in order to be a principal role in Aquaman. These films are a different experience. They have different responsibilities, different resources, and different intentions. It's nice to go between those worlds if you can. They serve different impulses. And Heritage's, Heritage says, you don't get to go to Iceland for a lot of Paul Schrader movies. They were talking about Paul Schrader movies earlier and Willem being in those. Mm. He says, it's not so much that. On these big films, there's a whole set of people who check on the progress of the project. Sometimes that works very well because you get something that's, a, that's very detailed and full-blown. But sometimes it's too many cooks. 
And yeah. Heritage says you were present. You were present at the very start of the superhero renaissance with Spider-Man. That had a strong director. And Willem says, and that was interesting because as big as that film was, Sam Raimi didn't have a formula. And I think with Justice League, I think they're trying to play around with the formula. Zack Snyder certainly has a heavy stamp on it. Uh, but Spider-Man was a very personal film to Sam. He really believed in that story. It was dear to him. It was fun to see a big studio film like that be so personal. I mean, nothing's perfect, but it's a good film. That's fair. Yeah. I, I like the bits, though, about... I didn't care for Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. But I like the bits about <laughs> Justice League trying to play around with the formula. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Marvel has proven that the the, the right formula will make you a shit ton of money and get you mm-hmm. a huge amount of acclaim while you get there, which is, let's face it, irrelevant mm-hmm. to anyone that signs these checks, but it sure doesn't hurt their uh, feelings when everyone likes the film, too. Yeah, I mean, you know, I will say that... Uh... The first Raimi Spider-Man was probably the last really good superhero movie Sony did. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's pretty fair. Some some people will yell, Spider-Man 2, you jackass! And I'll be like, nope, Fusion Sun cannot be drowned by a lake. Next. Yeah, yeah, that was the Moving big deal. On. I know, I know. I got nothing. <laughs> I, like, Not only I, that, Doc Ock, Rob, Doc Ock Robin Banks, when that chip in his head that controlled those stupid arms would have made him a fortune... <laughs> I know. Alone. I know. Anyway. Anyway. And I, even that, though, I enjoyed Spider-Man 2 until it got to the, the climax. Oh, God. Nope. 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 <laughs> I need I need a beer. Someone someone, please hand me a beer. <laughs> oh. Anyway. Ray Fisher has been talking about Cyborg. He says, uh, I actually grew up watching a lot of these cartoons, a lot of the animated series. Batman, the animated series, Justice League, all the stuff that would come on Cartoon Network. So he was raised correctly. My first encounter... Absolutely. My first encounter with Cyborg was through the Teen Titans cartoon. You know, I was in the middle the middle of high school, and I was like, this show speaks to me. Uh, because there were all of these characters going through these very real teen issues while also saving the world. The extent of my knowledge was just about that. Um, he says, once I was cast, though, they sent... Or they send you a whole library of stuff about the characters, so I ended up being able to fall in love with the comic book version, which can be very different. I feel like I know him like the back of my hand, but there's always somebody who knows a little more than me about things. Yes. Yes. His name's Jeff Johns. (laughs) And you should just AMA his ass at any point. Yep. Please. I do love, though, that they actually send people just a (laughs) giant, like, uh, you know, mini library worth of information. Like You need to just gorge yourself on comic books for a while. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, he did go in to talk about how Victor will be in Justice League. He says, uh, Cyborg's greatest trait is his resilience. The guy has gone through a, a lot in terms of his physical and mental state. Imagine waking up one day and most of your body is metal. I think he represents Borg life, which is the ability to take the negative situations in your life and turn them into something positive to help other people. I think he epitomizes that idea. I think we've got a lot of very, very interesting dynamics just laid throughout the entire film with all of these characters. You know, you see so much. You see how similar they are and how different they can be at the same time. It's beautiful to watch. I like it. Yep. Uh, Ezra Miller is calling Gal Gadot a force of nature. Uh, he was doing a press accurate. junket for yeah, doing a press junket for Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. And he was talking to an Israeli reporter from Gadot's home country, mm-hmm. and he was talking about the experience working with her. And he said, "It's such a pleasure. What an incredible force of nature. She is such a mother." And then mm-hmm. they pointed out that she's pregnant, and he's like, "You know, I had an inkling that was happening toward the end of the film. If it's possible, she was glowing even more than usual." <laughs> yeah, I'm so happy for her. 
And then he told him, don't give me a hard time oh, for you being in charmer. love with Gal Gadot. He says, don't give me a hard time for being in love with Gal Gadot. <laughs> That's pretty good. So, yeah. I'll tell you what, he is a, he's a force of optimism. He is. He's a lot of fun. I have decided that it's just fun to hear what he says in general, because he's probably going to make mm-hmm. it sound super exciting. You're going to enjoy the rest of this episode, because there's a lot of Ezra Miller stuff. Hit me up. All right, well, first, James Wan shared a picture of what looks like a little port town um, with the caption, if casting is half of your directing, then location is half of your photography, hashtag happy snap. Now, this this place looks like it's probably got to be Amnesty Bay. Okay. Uh, where where uh, Aquaman was raised by his adopted father, his, little fo- his foster father. Mm-hmm. But um, looks dope, man. Looks it was, looks really cool. It actually, like, all of his shots look like they're out of a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> He just has that feeling to him. So James Wan just shows up and, and looks at the location and goes, ah, half my work is done. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's been a, a, a fair amount of uh, of hubbub on the interwebs over Ezra Miller not signing a fan's Marvel comic. <laughs> you, you mentioned that one. Um, did I talk about it on the show? I think so. Yeah. It was a sidebar somewhere. Hmm. But, but yeah, we, we talked oh, about it briefly. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, he was at an event for Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them in the UK. A bunch, he signed a bunch of stuff for people, and some guy came up to him with an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Marvel comic, probably written by Mark Guggenheim. That would have been his way around it. <laughs> but <laughs> but he was like, the video only shows him going, like people standing around him and laughing at the, the fan with the Marvel comic. And he goes, these are other fans. But he's like, you understand why I can't sign that, right? He's like, find me something else. I'll sign it. It's just so obvious that I can't sign that. I'm sorry. <laughs> and you can hear the confused fan saying stuff. And it sounds like he's saying something about Justice League isn't Justice League Marvel as well. And he's like, no, it's DC. They're competing comic book houses. I'm so sorry. I really can't. I'm dead sure. I'm dead sure I can't do that. <laughs> um, a lot of people are pissed off at him. I don't give a shit. I, you know, if I was Miller, I would have been like, "Hey, man, take the board out of the out of the bag, and I'll sign the board, and you can put it on like a proper put it like flash wherever you want to put it afterward." Yeah, yeah. I get a feeling. I get the feeling it might have been staged. Even I don't know. <laughs> Possible. Rally the fans. Uh, of all things, know. like I've seen a couple of clips of Kavanaugh um, answering questions, and I thought it was staged because he just he talks so fast, like so manically, that I'm like, you you must have scripted some shit. <laughs> Nope, he's just he's just a fast paced guy, you know. Mm-hmm. And you know, sometimes when you're excited, and he always more is. excited than nervous. When you're more excited than nervous, and he's old hat at this by now, yeah. talking to crowds. But when you're a lot of times when you're more excited than nervous, you can just spout off a lot of stuff at once and just have very eloquent answers. I do that sometimes, not ever on the show. I wish I could muster it up. It's, when I'm on yeah, the it's show, never actually never been there. recorded. It's a dancing frog, right? All of those, yeah, this just. <laughs> the neurons won't won't fire. Right. It's just it's bad on the show. No, but you know, about four o'clock in the morning when I'm talking to one person without any any recording, I can do that too. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's so sad that I can't do it for the show. Oh well, it, for me, so, it's like uh, when Ezra someone Miller. asks me, like, so when did like Ringo join the band? I'm like, ah, settle down. All right, so here's what happened. <laughs> I have a cup of coffee Ezra and a comfortable was- chair. Ezra Miller was talking to IGN and he was talking about teaming up with Batman and Superman. 
And he says, I certainly think it will represent the next stage. What I find fascinating is that we're still very much amateur hour speedster. I'd love for the series to track an evolution of Barry Allen's early times as The Flash. Like, I love this comic, Kingdom Come. Unbelievable art. And in that, The Flash is fully evolved, and you never see, you never even see him, right? It's just like a red mist, and there's no crime in Keystone City. He protects a whole chunk of the, of the country. So that wouldn't make for the most interesting film, you know what I mean? <laughs> Nor would Green Lantern what do we part have? in that book, but you know, I I like that he respects yeah. that he got to that point. Yeah, he says, "What do we have to learn about that guy? That guy barely exists, right? He's almost one with the Speed Force." So it's interesting to go back to the to the beginning. Um, it would be hard. You'd have to get Werner Herzog to make a movie about a bolt of lightning <laughs> for the for the Kingdom Come version. Uh, now, they, he did answer a question about what the Speed Force meant to Barry Allen. He says, Martha Graham, one of my favorite inspirations, said in a quote, there is a vitality, a life force, a quickening. To me, the idea of a quickening, the idea that the whole universe, as we know it, is essentially this composition of things moving at different speeds is an interesting idea. So the speed force being the force in the sense that it's a dimensional reality that is manipulating others, almost like a gravitational wave will manipulate others. That's, that is what's most interesting. Sorry, that's what's interesting for my Barry Allen. Um, yeah, and I'm going to laugh my ass off if I'm, you know, 60 years old and I tune into whatever the hell you get news into, uh, news out of uh, in those days, and they find that speed itself is an actual force and not like a derivative of other forces acting upon each other. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to laugh until I die, probably. Yeah, he, he said that uh, his version of Barry Allen will have to deal with, or have to deal rapidly with his new connection to the speed force. Um he says, what's, for me, what's interesting, what becomes interesting is the human being suddenly coming into contact and rapidly starting to merge with this force and what that is for a human being. I, I'm on board. Mm-hmm. I just want to see Ezra do all this mm-hmm. stuff. At this point. And then I want to see Grant Gustin hanging out with him. Let him direct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, clearly, speaking of he which, He clearly Kevin, knows what's what's supposed to happen with the character. Just let him, like, yeah. let him do it. Kevin, Give him a good DP. Kevin Smith, uh. Kevin Smith on Fat Man and Batman uh, recommended the Wachowskis to direct uh, The Flash. He thinks that's who should direct. But, um, Wouldn't be bad. I, he says the Sense8 movie... was pretty good. I think that was their product. Yeah. Matrix. Well, you know, Matrix. That old hat. Uh, speed Racer. <laughs> oh, God. Jupiter Ascending. Yeah, I'm just going to focus on the one that was recent and I thought was good. Yeah, yeah. So he says, uh, the movie Flash currently has no Shepard. Rick left. Another one that said, creative differences, gotta go. And he flashed it out of there. I say, call the Wachowskis. Why not? The running would be amazing. I think they could do an excellent Flash. Um, he also agrees with Mark Bernard, Mark Bernardin's idea that Joe Cornish of Attack the Block would do a, a good job, as well as Edgar Wright and Tim Miller. Oh. I've been saying Edgar Wright, I've been saying Edgar Wright since all this broke. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim Miller's, so, you yeah. know, free. Yeah, Tim Miller. Well, Tim Miller is apparently doing a uh, a an adaptation of the sci-fi novel Influx by uh, Daniel Suarez. So. Okay, and he is still over at Fox Studios. Gotcha. So we don't have to like send him coupons and stuff. He's he's still doing okay then. Yeah, but you know, uh, Edgar Wright is he's working on like three projects right now. So I don't know. I just always assume he's <laughs> super employed and has never slept. Yeah, right. Uh, Sienna Miller is saying she wants to play Catwoman. Uh, she was talking to Eric Davis, the managing managing editor at Fandango, mm-hmm. and she says that she wants to be Catwoman in Affleck's new uh, Batman movie. Um, she was just in uh, Live by Night, and um, 
she says there's one problem. She says that she's seen the. She said, well, she said that Catwoman isn't in the Batman movie script, so I, I assume she knows at least that. Mm-hmm. I don't know that she's actually read the thing. Um, there's also been a rumor floating about for the Harley Quinn Birds of Prey movie, though, that Catwoman and Poison Ivy are going to be in it. Uh, HQ Solo Film announced on Twitter said that Poison Ivy, Katana, and Catwoman are some of the female DC characters added to the spinoff Harley Quinn. Uh, but the rap reporter Umberto Gonzalez said nope in response to that. So, <laughs> Katana <laughs> seems Umberto. like such an obvious thing, though. It is. It's so obvious, and I hope so. She was already there, and the extended cut, we got to see a little bit more, and it was all good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've already got her. Just just go for mm-hmm. it. But he's saying nope. I don't know to what exactly, but he's saying nope. Just nope. Mm-hmm. And that is all I have for the DCEU news this uh, uh, this week. But um, we didn't have any new... <laughs> we didn't have any new reviews. No. So, How close are, uh, are, is this batch? I think we're four away. Three four? or four away. Okay. Yeah, I think it's four. So if you guys want to be eligible to, to win a free trade paperback, DVD, or Blu-ray, 15, valued at $15 or less, I don't understand why you wouldn't. Give us a five-star review on iTunes. Or Stitcher. You got to do it on desktop on Stitcher because that's a pain in the ass. I don't know why that is. That's Stitcher's issue. I don't know. The app does not make certain things accessible. I'll accept accept a Stitcher. Um, Sure. Yeah. And I don't actually see a way to review it on Google Play, which is weird. But, um, yeah. Or if you do a different podcatcher, send us the link to the review and why not? Why the hell not? And then we'll learn about a new podcatcher. (laughs) We are places I don't know exist. (laughs) <laughs> that's just the truth it's just things pick get picked up i don't know um so anyway we'll be coming right back with a dc tv episode and uh, you can find every episode at dconscreen.com as for mentioned itunes stitcher google play twitter facebook all the places you know what happened that's fun on twitter patty jenkins the director of wonder woman liked two tweets we were mentioned in oh isn't that nice that is nice we're gonna like your movie a- i can already tell oh <laughs> no man we don't want to get that reputation we don't want to be the harry Knowles of podcasting like <laughs> i it, i consider it what? to be um, coincidental i like just our, really like the trailers so <laughs> pretty happy with like it. our shit like our shit and we'll like your movie Mention we'll give us. you a favorable review we'll Wink. Say good thing. <laughs> i only say i'm sorry if we hate it um <clears throat> catch us on our other anyway. shows for lots of that <laughs> anyway uh Until the next episode you guys listen to, whatever that happens to be, keep some DC on your screen. Spring forward at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Shop season favorites from colorful dresses to easy tops from $19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Enjoy 50 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Shop tees from $6.99 and joggers from $24.99, plus extra 15% off online. Exclusions apply. Shop the sale through April 6th.
Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change or withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender, First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC.